0: When you're feeling sad and low,
1: we will take you where you gotta go. Smiling, dancing, everything is free. All you need is positivity. of the world! Every boy and every girl! People of the world! And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy... The Two True Freaks, Internet
0: Radio Broadcast.
1: 2008, the prequel trilogy is over, and millions of fans are left without Star Wars. Enter a brave group of Jedi, led by Dave Filoni who brought tales of the Jedi, clone armies, and Mandalorians to Cartoon Network, thus keeping hope alive in the galaxy. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi!
0: Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. In this episode, taken prisoner by the Pikes, Ahsoka and the Martez sisters attempt to escape Little do they know, a third party of Mandalorians are watching them with interest. There will be... Trace has a body count in this one. The most horrifying droid in all of Star Wars. And Ahsoka sees the destruction left by the Jedi. We're talking dangerous debt this week. How you doing, Chris?
1: Good, I forgot about your uh, dislike of AI. Oh my
0: god, that droid is the worst. (laughs) <laughs> it's it, it's horrifying and it has like almost like this old man quality where it's hunched over and it just oh and it has a human face oh oh <coughs> oh uh, like that oh oh, oh. <laughs> it hurts that one that one is scary that's uh oh, oh, oh. you doing okay yeah I have so determined so that you do not send me enough photos of Miss Bernice.
1: I sent I sent you three or four the other day.
0: You sent me couple, two.
1: <laughs> two. I, I picked the best ones out of like three or four. My roommate took those. But she caught her in a in a very photogenic mood.
0: She's so cute. I'm looking at her right now. Miss Bernice is a good girl zeb has been getting into this habit of wanting to sit in my windows. So, but he wants to sit in my windows at like 1 a.m. Where he's just like beating on my door because he wants to sit in my window and look out the window. That doesn't fly with me at 1 a.m. So, <laughs> he's been a very disturbing, dis- dis- disturbing boy, I guess. Yeah, he's been disturbing me. So, he's been a very disturbing boy recently. But he's, damn, he's cute even though he's a dingus. the dingus of a cat
1: they're all dinguses
0: they are they really are they're the cutest little dingus dingai dingai (laughs) dingai imagine like dingar just like kicking in the door he's like i'm here what's up guys i'm (laughs) dingar
1: zeb probably just wants to watch all the like raccoons and nocturnal stuff that are probably running all over your yard
0: yeah, I mean, he also he he loves going outside too, but he has to be outside on a leash and a harness. So when he's not outside, if there's a window open, he'll just sit at the screen and just look out through the screen and just dream of being outside. And I like I like things a little cooler Our weather's so nice, I've been sleeping with my windows open. So he can like hear the bugs chirping outside my window until he starts scratching at my bedroom door at night. Mm-hmm. Ugh, like a dingus. <laughs> I had a hilarious thing happen to me on Wednesday. Yeah? So, we, on, on Tuesday, it rained like crazy. And it rained all day, so our yard was nice and slick. And Amazon came and delivered a package. And the girl was really nice. She came and dropped off our package on Wednesday. And I've done this before in my tiny car. So, I'm not surprised it happened but as she was backing out our driveway is on a hill and her tire went off the driveway and her truck slid in the mud all the way into the trees in our yard <laughs> oh. and she got stuck oh it gets better so she got stuck so me and my stepmom got out there and we were trying to get like some traction under her wheels but the car the, the amazon truck was just too heavy to get traction and it was just sinking so finally she ended up calling a tow truck and so I made her up a like a little snack package because she was going to be there for a little bit. So I, I took it out to her and, you know, we were chatting a little bit and I was just super excited to be like with another human being. That's not my family. Right. <laughs> so the tow truck gets her and it's backing down the driveway and it pulls off into the yard and I went, oh no. <laughs> so it gets up under the Amazon truck and it tries to go away and it just also sinks down into the mud and then slides into the wow. trees.
1: The tow truck should. The tow truck driver should know better than that. Oh my god.
0: Uh, y- yeah. Um you, would, um.
1: you would think so.
0: You would think. Um, uh, he was very nice too. So he ended up having to call a a person to come get both of them out. So I made him up a little snack packet, and we got to talking too. And he was very nice, and we were just chatting about his wife's new business. And we ate pop tarts together. And finally, a third truck came, and the tow truck guy was just like, "Do not." Leave the driveway. Stay in the driveway. (laughs) And so the third guy finally pulled them both out. But we have these huge divots in our yard. But the fun thing about this is, that morning, my dad got some oral surgery done. And so every time a new person showed up, I was like, if a man shows up with a mouth full of bloody gauze, we are expecting him. (laughs) Because I was like, I don't want to scare these poor people. So that we had a very eventful Wednesday, but I was Yikes. just excited to actually see people in the time of COVID that were not my family. I was just like, look at the people, hi people. I know you're trapped in our yard. Here, eat pop tarts.
1: We're having a picnic.
0: I <laughs> picnic, boys and girls. Nah, nah, it was it was a lot of fun. So we we had a really good time. I enjoyed it. It was just nice. So. That was my crazy adventure of last week. Our lives good are have, boring now in COVID.
1: Good to have a captive audience every once in a while.
0: Nice to have an adventure every once in a while, you know? I miss having, like, little life adventures. Seeing what you can find and what the day brings you. Speaking about seeing what we can find, you ready to get into Clone Wars? I am. What do you think of this one?
1: I, I like this one the best of, the, the, of all the sisters' ones so far.
0: I like this a lot better than the first time I watched it. Um I've I, actually I, been really enjoying this arc. Honestly, my only real criticism has to do with next week actually and how it impacts this episode.
1: As far um, as the the characters of the two sisters are back on track for me. It's it they were they were well with, I have some other writing quibbles with this but only a minor quibble but yeah, the writing was back on track in in this episode. for mm-hmm. well, me.
0: Oh, yeah. I I think I still like, like, I don't know. I, I don't know which one I like the best because I like all three of them for completely different reasons. All right. Well, you ready?
1: I'm ready.
0: Uh, sorry, that was a really, really wet, gross burp. Ah, yeah. Burping. Dangerous Debt is the 128th episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars, and it aired on April 3rd, 10 years ago in 2020. <laughs> it was written by Dave Filoni and Charles Murray and directed by Saul Ruiz and Bosco Ng. Some extra information for you. Katie Sackhoff returns to her role as Bo-Katan cries in this episode. From Star Wars Rebels, Sharmila DeVar reprises her role as Ursa Rin, who is the mother of Sabine Rin. Friendly reminder that since she's older than Ezra, and Ezra's going to be born in a matter of weeks, Sabine is currently a super cute baby right now at the time of this episode, and this information is important to me, so shut up. (laughs) We get the story of how Trace and Rafa's parents died, which takes place during the Clone Wars episode, Hunt for Zero. The Pike's torture droid is a similar model to the one in Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi, and I hate it, and it's scary, and it's horrible, and I hate it. The Authorian that Trace frees uh, from prison was designed based on the Kinner action figure designs. Uh, toy designs, I should say. The creators put many Kinner-inspired aliens in the background throughout this entire arc. And finally, Clone War- in the Clone Wars download for this episode... They talked about the ramifications of the Jedi's actions to the everyday people. Ahsoka wasn't directly responsible for the death of the Martez sisters' parents, but she does feel guilty as that was the organization that she was a part of. But for Rafa to finally open up about something so deep and personal, it solidified Ahsoka's feelings on the Jedi that they are not always right. Ahsoka is seeing the collateral damage from her actions, even if she wasn't directly involved. The Jedi haven't invested in everyday people to see their actions having gone terribly wrong. Dave Floney says that Ahsoka gets it because like the Martez sisters, she has also been wronged by the Jedi. But you know who never wronged the Jedi? No. No, you're a straight leader, right?
1: Mm Mmm. I was Jedi's daddy. Yes. Aw. I actually learned this
0: weekend what a zaddy was. Zaddy? A zaddy is a daddy, but extra charming and charismatic and slightly bear-like. A zaddy. Mm. Kind of like Wolverine from X-Men. He's a zaddy.
1: Mmm. Yoda's much like Wolverine. Yes. Mmm. Yes, compared to Hugh Jackman, Yoda is all the time. Yes.
0: <laughs> You're a zaddy?
1: Mmm. Sure, er, Space daddy.
0: <laughs> you have like a tiny eight pack under those robes.
1: Mmm. Seven pack. Very mm-hmm. strange. Not mm-hmm. odd number.
0: <laughs> Yoda, I'm so sad. You know why? Why? Next week is the very last platitude of Clone Wars.
1: Ah. Ah. Mmm. Oh, uh, more questions for Yoda. Hmm.
0: I'm glad you brought that up. So, guys, since next week is the last Platitude for Yoda, feel free to leave us questions in the Two True Freaks Face of Cage on the comments of this uh, of this episode because we're gonna need them as we go back to questions. Which we're, for sorry, I keep wanting to say Rebels, but we're doing Resistance next. Ah!
1: <laughs> Harder work those questions are.
0: They really are, <laughs> especially when we don't have any and I have to come up with questions. <laughs> All right, Yoda, what's the Platitude for this week? <clears throat>
1: Who you were does not have to define who you are. In bed. Ah,
0: that's true though. Yeah, oh,
1: sure.
0: But yeah, that is really true though, isn't it?
1: I yeah, it, I it, it, yeah. Yeah. It's one of the it's one of those platitudes that it can sort of go. Does not have to define who you are? But it could.
0: It absolutely. Okay, so, so
1: so it leaves it leaves all all possibilities with it. All possibilities in bed. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah.
0: Go take your seven pack and break one off into a six pack and drink it down.
1: Go see what's possible. I don't even want to see how that seven, is. It like one pack on top and then two r- rows of three or is it like a row of I three and a row of four i
0: think he's counting his penis as a pack
1: oh god yeah okay moving on that,
0: uh, yeah i think that's the last pack so no but if yoda has a six pack he's doing better than me because i definitely have a belly there
1: i think he's talking about the top of his head is kind of looks like a six pack is what he's talking about <laughs> I think that's Yoda's six-pack. That is Yoda's
0: six-pack. It's canon now. <laughs> oh, honey, wow, you're great. All that's right, actually, you ready to yeah, to this? I guess so. <laughs> act one. All right, act one. So, for a little bit of catch-up, Ahsoka has met two amazing lesbians named Trace and Rafa Martez. Trace is now Ahsoka's girlfriend or gal pal TM. Rafa made a really dangerous deal with the Pike Syndicate, not realizing that they are a real life group of, of crime lords. When Rafa threatened her sister and her ship, Trace panicked and dumped all the spies they were carrying. The three ladies tried to trick the Pikes, but they got caught. On to this week! So Ahsoka, Trace, and Rafa are in Pike Jail. And they're all blaming each other for the situation because they honestly all had some kind of hand to play in it. It's kind of all of their faults. asuka flat out says that she was not going to let innocent lives get ruined and put that on Rafa's head. And Rafa scoffs and goes, what? You're like a Jedi or something? And asuka's like, no! 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 Jedi, no! That would be crazy! Not at all! But, you know, what if I was an ex-Jedi, not saying I am, would we all still be gal pals with the TM? And Trace tells her not to joke about that, but Rafa is done with Ahsoka's morality. She tells Ahsoka that back in earlier seasons, when Cad-Boo my boo, my uh, Cad-Boo busted Zero the Hutt out of prison, the Jedi gave chase after them. Cad Bane had shot out a transport ship, and it went spiraling towards a mass crowd. So the Jedi chose to turn it into a wall instead. And it just so happened to be when the Martez sisters lived with their parents. Their parents protected their daughters, but died in the process. And Ahsoka looks horrified. And she's even more horrified to hear that it was Master Luminara who came to comfort the girls. Luminara, remember, who was totally okay with her Padawan dying on Geonosis. And Luminara basically said your parents were meant to die because the force willed it and then she In left bad. get out of here yoda
1: yeah it was it was a platitude
0: your parents were meant to die because the force willed it is a platitude
1: well the way the yeah but they the way the the. That she she worded it was very platitude like it was very oh dr-
0: in the actual episode in I the actual up episode the way i worded it here no i'm
1: i'm just saying she came and de- luminara came and delivered him a space platitude <laughs> you're all right the head.
0: <laughs> and then luminara left two mourning teenagers on their own with no support from the jedi or the republic to try and survive on the streets and ahsoka can barely whisper the words i'm sorry but they don't have time for anything else as the Pike soldiers come and want Rafa to go with them. Ahsoka, now totally ready to throw down for her gal pals, moves in to protect them. But the Pike s- slaps her with a shocking stick and knocks Ahsoka on her ass. And the Pike guards grab Rafa and drag her to. dot 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 dot. dot. The most horrifying droid ever to be seen in all of Star Wars. Oh my god. Friendly reminder, just in case we have new listeners joining us for Clone Wars. Hi, welcome. Welcome to us doing Clone Wars and stuff like that. Um, I have a bit of a phobia of artificial intelligence, especially when they when droids look like superhuman and have human qualities. And this torture droid is everything that gives me panic attacks. I will probably have a nightmare about this thing tonight. I am that scared of them. I hate it. I hate it so much. It's just a piece of shit. It needs to go burn. And it sucks. <laughs> I hate it. It's actually a really nice design, and it's good for the context of Star Wars. But for the concept, context of Hope, it's horrifying. Rafa tries to smooth talk her way through it, but the torture droid starts to do what its name implies—it tortures her. Back in the jail cell, Trace says that everything was going pretty well until Ahsoka showed up, and Ahsoka's eyes well up. And she's like, "Girlfriend, are are you, are we breaking up? Are you breaking up with me?" And Trace is like, no, 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 no. We're going to be girlfriends forever and for, and all the fan fictions and stuff. I'm just really upset at the situation. And ah- Ahsoka asks, but why did you bother with me then? And Trace says it was something that her mother would have done. And again, they're cut short when the Pikes uh, bring back an unconscious Rafa and toss her in the cell. And Trace is pissed and shoves one of the guards. And they snatch her up, and Ahsoka screams, Not my girlfriend, you assholes! But again, they slap her down with a little shocky stick thing. And Ahsoka's like, Oh god, I really hate that thing. As she watches the guards drag Trace away. What'd you think of Act 1?
1: Not bad. Yeah, I, I, I definitely had Horror Droid as one of my notes.
0: Oh, I hate it. Oh. It actually, I, I... I like the design because it actually has almost that quasi feel about it. The way it's hunched over, it feels yeah, very and, he's like,
1: and it tips its head. I was surprised oh. they had it talk. It was scarier even, but not talking, just being mute, just mutely clunk it over to come and uh, yeah. torture you. But it's a good torture droid. It was very, it was, you know, it's designed to be horrifying
0: i have in big letters it's straight from my nightmares oh my god <laughs>
1: <laughs> but boy they bam they they start this story right off with exposition like boom there's not even like a little action sequence it's ra it's rafa's story right off the bat that's just a very unusual way to start off a uh, and uh and not not that that's necessarily bad it's And it's weird. The way she told the story was very, like, literary. It was very, like, it was written you out, could you know? see
0: it in your head, so. Yeah. It, it definitely feels like something like... Uh, it feels like a story that when I get, you know, not that we tell terribly sad stories, but, like, when I get together with my girlfriends, actually, and when we tell each other stories, like, we go into that much detail, and maybe it's just a girl thing, so it's written really well, and here's three girls in a story. Um, But well, I love it's her it.
1: choice I, of words, too. It's like it's detailed, <laughs> but she writes it like you know, she was writing writing a, a piece of literature or you were reading exactly a piece of literature. I knew she
0: was talking about when she said dark rose uh, yeah. and beautiful green skin. I was like, oh no, it's Luminara, the worst. That's person what I, I, could have I was saying. saying.
1: She's like writing a book in her head. Like mm-hmm. she's writing her life story in her head, and you can tell that she's been working on it.
0: Oh my God, it's like her and Lando. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it probably is they're probably very similar and they were you know yeah very very similar very similar characters in a way in a lot of ways Mm -hmm.
0: which we talked about in our first episode of the montez arc with brian from pink milk we really need to do a podcast called like capes and capers or something with what Oh, me and Brian were joking about doing a gay Star Wars podcast called something what was it, like capes and, like capers or something?
1: It, would that be a Lando podcast?
0: Oh, no, I don't know. We were joking about it. I don't Because <laughs> we were saying in the first episode of the Martez sisters that Rafa and Lando was very similar.
1: Yes, they are. She's just at an earlier point. She's at an earlier point than even La- the Lando we saw in um, Solo.
0: I love Solo Lando so much. <laughs> I can't wait um, to revisit Solo.
1: That's all I really had for for part 1. It was a very very simple intro. <laughs> it was very hard to tell where to to begin and end parts in in this one.
0: Yeah, I look I kind of do that like by section because the next se- section starts the yeah. escaping the compound, and then the third part is them in the city. Yeah,
1: kind of yeah, how I took it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, to me, this opening act is the most important moment of the entire Marta's sister arc, because it we we talked about this the last two episodes, and I kept bringing this up. This is what defines these two characters. This is what sets up their entire story. To realize that these two teenagers, um on most, Rafa probably is in her early 20s, but at the time, these two teenagers less than two years ago, because she just said it, she said a couple of years. So two years ago, have lost their parents and they got thrown on the street. And it's, that's what actually makes everything, like, work in this arc. Because it puts everything else in context. You It makes it understand of last week's episode, they really are in over their head because they're learning on the fly. Like, it it makes everything click in this arc. And uh, I just still... It gets so livid, but also just like, oh I know. When I realize, like when I still think of Luminara, because I can see her, I can see her walking in there to these two girls crying, and her just being like, "Your parents were meant to die because the forces willed it, and I made a choice to throw a ship at your parents' house. Bye." <laughs> Because we're talking about Luminara, right? During the Geonosis arc, when Barriss and Ahsoka were buried under rubble inside of a tank, losing air, she was like the one. Like Anakin was like, "We have to go save them." And Luminara's like, "Of course I will. mourn my Padawan when I lose yep. her. We have a mission to do." And Ahsoka, and Anakin's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? We can She's, go save She
1: was them definitely you. a low, low empathy Jedi. Empathy was not her uh, one of her big Jedi powers.
0: You know, I there, I kept thinking um, there's a great piece of fan art um, and it's a fan art of Barris and of Ahsoka. And Ahsoka is, is this bright, happy half and she's surrounded by people like Anakin and Obi-Wan and Rex and Padme and it's bright and happy. And then the other half of it is Barris standing alone as Luminara walks away from her in the darkness. And it makes so much sense to me, like, and and I, we've talked about this before when we were covering Clone Wars before. I do wish they did more with Barris and we got to see more of her build up into changing and swapping over to the dark side. I do And I still stand by that. And I also still stand by one of the biggest faux pas of the Ahsoka being framed for murder arc is we didn't get to see Luminara's reaction to her Padawan murdering and, set, and framing Ahsoka for murder. That was a big mistake. We needed to see that. Um, but it makes sense. I mean, looking at the people who sur- Ahsoka surrounds herself versus Barris's master, who is low empathy and cold and was going to just be chill if she died on Geonosis yeah. and move on with her life. Like, She'd already
1: started sense. moving on with it before she was even dead, it seemed like, you know? She was just yeah! Like, hey.
0: I think her exact words were something along the lines of and I will mourn my Padawan, but we have a job to do. When they were, like, right there to go get them. So, it was something along those lines. So, it just... Anybody else, even I think Wet Blanket Windu would have been a better person to send a trace in Rafa than Luminara. Because at least Windu has shown compassion and... Like, like, and the Ryloth arc, like he still has compassion. Luminar is just cold, and that was the worst person to send. Um, which I just this time around when I was watching, which is
1: funny of- because her name is so warm and like it's light, like a name He's that sorry. says light and like it. It sounds like a warm lamp, you know, a blue glowing lamp or something, you know. Nope. Yeah,
0: it, it's something that you would name like. Like a glowing butterfly in a fairy tale that's like going over. Like, oh, look at the Luminara's. They're out tonight. Yeah, <laughs> like and Windu, soo- Windu
1: sounds like the name of a madman, you know? Windu. That, that Windu's crazy, and he's the biggest wet blanket of all.
0: <laughs> I'm, wa- I'm going to wet you. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, something I did differently watching this time, though. Is during Rafa's story, I just watched Ahsoka's face. Because last time, every time I watch this, I've always watched like Rafa telling the story. But this time, I specifically made the point to watch Ahsoka's face. And her animation is so good because you can see her thinking through that battle. You can see her seeing it in her mind. And you can see every time, like, Rafa adds like a new, like, and then this happened. And when she was like, and then it was going towards a group of people and they turned into a wall and you see that click in Ahsoka's face where she's just like, oh, no. And the, yeah. her animation is so good in this scene. Um, yeah.
1: There's there's a lot of shots in here, a lot of scenes with one or two people talking and then just another person sitting and reacting, usually framed right in the center, you know, mm-hmm. usually centered. There's another one with... with uh, um, Trace is is centered while Rafa and Ahsoka talk back and forth. And, you know, and, and the most important part is Rafa's reaction in that. So there's a lot of that's a, a kind of a theme in this episode.
0: Mhm, And I think that's my favorite thing about this arc, like this entire arc, not just this episode, but this entire arc is the whole morality of everything, whether it's, you know, Ahsoka grappling with the Jedi or the Jedi in the Clone Wars or like the, how the... Martez sisters are just trying to survive doing immoral things. And, like, this arc is, like, the thesis statement of the last seven seasons. This is what the show was trying to do the entire time to show why Palpatine's plan was so good. Uh, because it's taken him seven seasons to discredit the Jedi um, and, and I was talking about this the other day on, um, well, by this time, be a few weeks ago, on Pink Milk, um, which was normal people like Trace and Rafa, they don't know, they don't really know anything about the Jedi. I don't the, the war doesn't really affect them except for, it didn't affect them until their parents died and, and all that. The Clone Wars is orchestrated so the people who do know the Jedi turn against them. And it's just so smart, but this just shows... All
1: Palpatine had to do is start a war, you know? I mean, yeah. all all his manipulations and stuff, but once the Jedi got to a, that point <clears throat> of their own internal weakness and, and corruption, then it was over for them. And all he had to do was set something up like a war, and all of a sudden, you know, the, he just gave the Jedi the rope. Then all of a sudden, stuff like what happened to her parents uh their parents is gonna be happening left and right. It's gonna be happening to whole civilizations and stuff and all
0: across the yeah, galaxy, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and the Jedi were already starting to get kind of sketchy, so then you put that on top of it and then a few whispers here and there and all of a sudden, you know, the Jedi are making themselves look bad. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Um and, Do and all so the I heavy had- lifting. And that's what I love about this arc, like, it's a personal story, but this is the thesis statement of the last seven seasons. This is what happens across the galaxy for the last seven seasons, and it's it's so well done, and I love it. Um, and on a more, like, real-world thing, this is probably the most real-world episode of Clone Wars that rivals stories from Rebels and Resistance. Fun Wars doesn't go super real-world that often and, like, base itself and, like, real-world takes on stuff. But, like, hearing Rafa talk about how they got thrown into a system with no support is just... I kept thinking about the foster system and how there's probably some inspiration from that Um, and how children just get lost in, like, defects in the foster system because the system is not set up to take care of them very well. And I and I liked that. I like it having those like this feel of like real world roots, which actually Resistance does really well. Resistance feels like it's rooted in our world more than any of the other animated shows, which is one of the things I'm very excited to get into about Resistance because it's so we don't get very political on the show. It's the closest to our like real world politics to be perfectly honest. Resistance is good at doing that. Um, so, yeah. Did you have anything else for Ekwon?
1: No, not really.
0: I'm going to be gross for half a second.
1: Okay. Do
0: you ever have just like a little loogie that's just like kind of hanging out at the top of your throat, but it's not going anywhere? Yeah. For
1: the last 15 years.
0: (laughs) It wasn't going down and it wasn't going up. It was just kind of just hanging out at the top of my throat.
1: Just it likes a podcast.
0: Uh, uh, I've been having such bad gerd the last two days. uh <clears throat> All right, Act Two. Act Two. <laughs> are you
1: sure you're all gassed out? You're all you 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 gassed and ready to go.
0: I've never degassed. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, who are you talking to? It's me. Even as I'm talking right now, I can feel a burp forming and I just had water.
1: (laughs) What's the term I'm thinking of? Outgassing. You're done outgassing? Does that answer your question? There you go.
0: (laughs) Never. Never. I actually just wrote an entire article on Kiki Girl Experience about how Jawas made me me feel better about my body because I'm gross. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i just wrote that on
1: screw Sunday. it i'm just gonna dig right into that egg
0: <laughs> so if you want to hear how Jail has helped me feel better about my body image and having gird because i i actually talked about you all, in that Jail's article make secret. me feel
1: tall that's for sure
0: i actually talked about you in the podcast in that episode i should put that in the cantina <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh great! I come up in the uh, I come up in the body image uh, blogs. I see. Okay. It's
0: a good thing.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Anyway, Act Two, you jerk. If yeah,
1: Honeywell can Honeywell can love his troll-like body.
0: <laughs> hey, I call myself a gross Jawa man, and I own it. I'm a gross Jawa man. So you can read that on geekygirlexperience.com. <laughs> All right, Act Two. <laughs> act Two. <laughs> where Trace Martez becomes the Terminator. Trace is taken to the monstrosity of a droid, who is also ready, who is still ready to torture her. And she babbles a moment before pretending to faint, like like a southern bell, like, oh, oh, I declare I fainted. And as the pikes are like, Oh God, she appears to faint, what do we do now? Trace grabs a blaster, And starts to murder people. Fuck yeah, Trace Martez. Just goes all out. And she sprints out of there with the guards on her tail. Ahsoka sees some guards run by the jail cell. And realizes that this is her chance. Especially since Rafa is still knocked out. Tapping into the forest. Ahsoka opens their jail cell. And shakes Rafa awake. And Rafa is like. How did you do that? After you were asking so many questions about the Jedi. And Ahsoka is like. Non-specific excuse. That's a Gravity Falls joke for our listeners from our other podcast. But that work. But you know what? That works for Rafa. And they head on out to find Trace. Non-specific excuse. Nyeh. Who is screaming as she's murdering people. And running wildly through the hallways. She murders another couple dudes before bumping into more pipe guards. So what does a young woman on the run do while she's trying to save her own skin? She causes a prison break, of course. And Trace frees some guys who start raging at the pipes. And Trace waves by to them all and sprints the heck and heck out of there. And literally runs face first into Rafa and Ahsoka. And that scene always makes me go, ooh, that had to hurt every time I watch it. Ahsoka snatches both of them and they run outside to set a trap with fuel barrels. And once the pikes get outside, Trace shoots the field barrels and blows them up. Trace, Terminator, Galpau, TM, Martez, everybody. And they race out to the platform that's quickly pulling away. Rafa easily jumps the distance, but Ahsoka and Trace get stuck on the other side of it. Trace takes her chances and jumps the gap, and Ahsoka pushes her with the force to make sure she gets across. And as the Martez sisters bicker about whether or not to leave Ahsoka behind, Ahsoka Ahsoka parkours easily to the other side. And the winner of the best line of the episode, when the ladies think that Ahsoka fell to her death, Rafa so casually says, Oh, that's terrible. And makes me laugh every time. (laughs) She fell. Oh, that's terrible. Ahsoka shows them that she's fine and doesn't have time to let them question her about her jump. Because they have to rush downstairs and crush a guard to death. You know, for kids. They have to get past the gate, and once they do that, they'll be in the city and have a better chance to get off the planet. Rafa sends Ahsoka to open the gate, while Trace and Rafa distract the guards. Once Ahsoka leaves, Trace is like, So, you like my girlfriend? You two seem to be getting along. And Rafa's like, don't get too excited, we have to survive this first. So, Ahsoka, queen of the galaxy, and queen of ladies' beds, Tano, goes up to the guard tower... And single-handedly and bare-fistedly takes out a group of guards like it's no problem. As she sees that Trace and Rafa are in a guard fight and hops down there. And shaking her head and puts her hands on her hips. She does the same trick that Rex and Kanan do in Star Wars Rebels, where Kanan pulls out stormtroopers with a force and Rex shoots them down. Star Wars! It rhymes! And with that, they get out of the pike area and get out into the city. Act- what just they think? Go back to Act 2? <laughs>
1: I like this act a lot I have uh, the least least amount of notes for this act of the whole show but I, I like do. this act a lot um, Wilhelm Scream another the second Wilhelm Scream in this arc
0: that every time I'm, I'm just like Chris is going to write that as a note <laughs> yeah.
1: this time it wasn't a nutshot shot Wilhelm Scream it was just a regular old Wilhelm um, Trace makes a little mistake in here hmm she does real good. But you know what I would have done? Let out all the prisoners. I would have just run around letting out everybody. Ding, 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 ding. Push all those buttons. Get some real chaos going, you know. That's that's, that's how you do that. That might have uh, been
0: um, more of an animation thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Having the budget to do everything. But yeah, I, I agree.
1: But they could have just had her just running, going beep, beep, beep. You see all the doors just sliding open. And like maybe reaction shots of just a few big giant burly prisoners like looking at the door like, oh. But anyway, either way. Um it was good to see Ahsoka get a point where she was all alone and she's just like, ah, time to Jedi out and get it all out of my system. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. <laughs> But uh, I've been waiting to do this and just cream everybody. Um, it's funny uh, it, the 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 death of the one pike in the elevator shaft. Oh, it's not really crushed, but bisected. And I was looking at the physics of it. it, it that's pretty brutal for a Disney cartoon, but they disnified it because really you should have seen the bottom half of his body come falling down behind Ahsoka as she dropped. I uh, think about uh, that every time. Drop. Yeah. They they, they, they they mercifully cut the bottom half of his body dropping, which, you know, Disney's, Disney seems to be... Disney seems to like getting... Like, that seems to be maybe Disney's violent indulgence for Star Wars because they had a guy get cut cut in half in a door in um The Mandalorian, too, in the first episode, like, right at the very beginning. Yeah. So... Maybe, maybe, maybe for some reason getting cut in half is is acceptable violence for Disney. That's all I really had for this part. I all my note, all my, my the vast majority of my notes are in part three.
0: Same here. Um, I don't have a, really a lot for this either because it's a lot of chase scenes. Um, this God Trace turns into the fucking Terminator. In this <laughs> she kills something like twenty five people. <laughs> she kills like pikes left and right and freeze people and uh, yeah, I, I think she
1: got to that people. point of where she was just like you know feeling partially responsible for it and is just like it's time for me to you know take charge and rafa's rafa you know maybe she's starting to think you know rafa just because rafa says something you know maybe <laughs> rafa doesn't have it all under control i
0: i have written here no fucks to give trace is my favorite trace (laughs) Uh, because she's been the nice one and the kind one but she just goes on a rampage but i I think my favorite part they just
1: tortured her sister so yeah and remember we're talking about the orphan bond too so Mm -hmm. yeah once she got there she knows uh, once she saw what was coming at her she knows what her sister underwent you know so Mm -hmm. yeah i'm sure she was pissed She's and probably t- terrified and pissed at the same time. It,
0: and I think I find it interesting because I would expect Rafa to be the one to like grab a blaster and go. But it's Trace, who is like the like the sweet Labrador cute one who's just like, I love everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and no, she's the one that rips the blaster out of right. the hand and shoots down everybody and goes on a rampage.
1: Sometimes people get, yeah, sometimes people get pushed. Yeah. Too far.
0: And then that's what I'm saying. I, I like that side of her. I think that's an interesting side of her that Rafa's the one who didn't turn to violence first that she, like, once to get... I, Rafa's the brain who tried to talk her way out of it. Trace is the action-oriented one, which we've actually yes. seen all, all the entire arc. She's the one that takes the actions while Rafa is the one that thinks it through. So that, it's actually still very in character for Trace to do this. Um, my favorite part, though, because it makes me laugh every time, is her... Half battle cry, half screaming in terror as she's just running through all.
1: Yeah, well, no, that's perfect. That's exactly what her state of mind should be. You know, scared out, out, way out of her, out of her, you know, out of her league, and at the same time,
0: I, it's just such a me- like a mix of like battle cry, ah, to t- cry a terror, ah. And it makes me laugh. Bridget Collie, man, is so good. I think
1: there's a fine line between those all the time, just in I, general. <laughs> I think
0: so too. And I, mean, I just Bridget Collie is just so good as Trace, and I love her. Um, this has one of my favorite things in all the television and movies, and I don't, I don't know what's called. I think they're called. It's called a tracking shot. But when you have those like long panning. Uh, shots of people running and the camera moves with them. So, but yes. like you see things just fading in the background or coming towards them. Are those called tracking shots? Yes. I love those. The one in particular that always catches my my brain is after they blow up when the Wil- Wilhelm scream happens. Uh, you see Rafa closest, then Trace and Ahsoka in the distance, and they're running with the camera, and you just see the explosions in the distance, and it's just coming with them. Yeah. One of my Favorite things in all of movie and televisions. I love tracking shots. Um, and my last note is, Ahsoka Barefist beating people up is my sexuality. <laughs> There's that great shot of, like, the final guy she takes out, she lifts up her leg and brings it down on him. And for the briefest moment, you have this, like, power crutch shot. And I was just like, yes!
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very like Bruce this... Lee and Enter the Dragon, actually, kind of shot.
0: Yeah, and it's not That's even how... like... Ooh, sexy crotch shot. It's a, I just fucked this guy up crotch shot. I was like, yeah, yes, no. these are the crotch shots I like in my ladies.
1: It's, it's it's a, she's been holding back for for a bunch of episodes. That's actually and a her... really
0: rough fight too, man. And I gotta give Ashley Eckstein some, like, props in that voice acting too, because when, there's a couple times, like, Ahsoka gets, like, punched or kicked in the ribs, and you hear Ashley Eckstein do the, Ugh! like yeah. It's a hard, like, sickening sound, and Everyone's so good in this episode. so That's all I have, though, Act 3.
1: Ooh, let's finish this puppy off.
0: Yeah, most of my notes are in Act 3, too, so... Yeah. Act 3. Out in the city, Trace sees her ship up on a platform, and it excitedly runs ahead. Ahsoka looks at Rafa and says, You might be cut out for this life, but I don't think Trace is. And Rafa deadass stares at her going, I'm pretty sure Trace has murdered 25 people in the last 14 minutes. <laughs> and Ahsoka ignores that and says that Trace probably won't stand up to Rafa and say no to things. During this, a goat man asks for money, but Rafa shooes him away. They continue and Ahsoka explains that she, taught, she was taught that you never need a reason to help people. You just do it. And Rafa softens up a bit because that's what her mom would have said. Meanwhile, the goatman is still wants money and sees some pike guards. He also sees that they're looking for the ladies that just shoot him away. Uh, and points the guards in the right direction as they, if they give him some credits. And back with the ladies, Trace wants to get her ship, which is understandable after the 5-minute opening monologue that she had in last week's episode about why she loves her ship so much. And Rafa just wants to get out of, uh what Ralph just wants to get the first thing that flies and get the heck out of air, which is also understandable but the pikes catch up with them. And as the ladies run and sprint down the street, they run past a dot-dot-dot-pause for dramatic effect.
1: Uh,
0: A Mandalorian, who is familiar because she has a mama bear energy and her powers intensify. She's back from Rebels and she's younger than ever and probably just had a baby in the last year and it's Ursa Wren. And somewhere off in the galaxy, Sabine's a tiny, cute toddler and probably really cute right now. Probably still have that baby smell. You know, babies have that very specific smell and you just smell it and she's going to smell like baby. And I, uh, <laughs> I love Sabine baby. <laughs> anyway, but Ahsoka doesn't have time to look at Amanda because they're running for their lives. And they try to catch a ride on a speeder, but the pikes shoot it out. Pew, pew And Trace and Rafa fall off first and get captured. Ahsoka runs away to survive and to save them later. And up on the rooftops, three Mandos show up. One, who we don't know sh- who they are, they're just kind of in the background, they don't matter. But the other two are important. <laughs> One is Ursa, as we said, and the other is Bo Katan, who is confused why Ahsoka is here with the Pikes and helping out two really cute ladies. Ursa worries that Ahsoka could compromise their mission, aka looking into the Pikes who is also helping a particularly cute spiky boy who is really, really important in the final arc of this season. So Ursa decides they need to keep an eye on Ahsoka, just in case. (laughs) Back with the gay team, Trace and Rafa are brought back before Marg Krim and his men. And Marg is like, I'm really tired of all your fabulousness because it's making my headdress look so bad. I'm just going to kill you. And Rafa tries to schmooze her way out of it. But with Ahsoka still loose in the city, Mark still has another person in the city to torture for information. And he gives the order to execute them. But suddenly, Ahsoka Tano kicks in the door with a piece of heavy machinery and runs over some dudes. And they all pile in and they're ready to blast their way out of there. But oh no! It was a trap to begin with! Marg has some tanks and some more men outside waiting for them. And the ladies get blasted back to the ground, and they're caught. And just like that, they're back to square one and back in the prison cell where they started. And in a big move, Rafa apologizes. She admits that she shouldn't have taken this job. And none of them know if they will still get out of this alive, except for Ahsoka Tano, because she knows that she'll make it to the end of Star Wars Rebels. The end!
1: (laughs) That's true i know um yeah this was a, the 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 end of this reminded me of like i i can't remember the name of the paul newman movie where he eats eggs and he's a prisoner and like papillon and the great escape where people try and try and try you know try over and over again to escape you know instead of just a daring escape it's a series of daring escapes where it has to test their will of repeatedly getting I like I like that, that it ended, it started with them in jail and it ended with them in jail. So that,
0: that's actually one of my notes. I'm going to go ahead and do that now. Um, I like this format of this episode. I don't think we've seen this format before in clone. Wars. No. Um, and it, it's actually a very common story trope where um, physically you go through a physical circle and you end up in the same physical place, but emotionally and mentally you are in a different place as a character. Um, and it's a, it's a very common trope, but I can't even think of this anywhere else. Well, they're a team stars. at the end of this,
1: huh? you know, they're, they're now officially a team at the end of this, you know? Yeah.
0: I mean, they all change. They all go through that emotional and mental change. Um, and it's, it's a very, um, it's a very common trope in writing and it's a very good one. Um, especially for Rafa, like this is the big episode for her to really come around and get into that place of change and actually accepting Her mistakes of putting them all here in the first place, but they all go through it. And this is actually one of my favorite ways to write a story um, to where you physically end up in the same place, but you're mentally and emotionally in a different place. And it's a really good. I've never seen this before in Star Wars. Like I am racking my brain trying to remember any place we've seen this in Star Wars and it's done really well here.
1: Yeah, no, you don't have time to do this in a Star Wars movie because, like, in a movie, it would be the point of the movie, and that's not, like, what Star Wars movies are like. So, yeah, it would have yep. to be. in. So, yeah, it was kind of cool. And just some some surface stuff. I like uh, there's a lot of fun background characters, but I like you see the two escapees from the prison I have that uh, too. Uh, running in the street. And I'm I always, happy, that too. <laughs> always happy to see a goat man. Uh, the, the, the land speeder engine that explodes looks really cool. It's a very, it's a very hot fire. It looks like it's hot. You know, it looks like that you can feel the heat coming off. it. It's just really, really nice. Um, yeah, this was a short episode. It was only really like 20 minutes long. Yep. It's the, um,
0: it's one of the shorter ones. I have that note too. And and, there's uh, so much crammed into it.
1: Um, I, I noticed a, th- a, a thing that it's just uh, I've noticed it before. It's been brought up before about like the use of ever since like Princess Leia in the first movie, you know, the 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 whole look or there's always stuff that sort of looks like, a t- you know, with TV screen lines and stuff and the shields on their cell were like TV lines. So there's almost a sort of meta subtext going on when you're looking at characters and all of a sudden they have TV lines superimposed on them and on you're looking at them from one side of the screen and the other and stuff. I don't know if they meant, you know, meant on That's purpose true. or subliminally, but it happens a lot in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's
0: true. I never really thought about that.
1: My only other note is...
0: <clears throat> is this your gripe?
1: Yeah, that's my only other little gripe, and you could probably you could probably predict what it is. It's uh, I feel the, and and luckily it's very short. But I feel the scene with the Mandos was like it felt tacked in, you know, it it felt like it was worked into another story, and you you know, I mean, you know, they're gonna the, okay, they're setting up something here, but it just seems squeezed in, you know. Oh look, it's oh you know, I I, I don't know. It just, That it, it is was, my big five-part note, downs. so
0: I will go into that detail.
1: That was my last note, so yeah, go, go to town.
0: All right, I'm going to just go straight through. So I also mentioned I love seeing the Weakway and the Thorian that escape from prison and are running down the street in the background. That's such yeah. a nice detail. Um, I think the reason why, and it kind of dawned on me this time, I don't know why I ever thought about it sooner, the reason that Trace and Ahsoka both resonate with me in this episode and they both say it in their own ways is it's one of my personal life rules I believe that every person should make a set of life rules that they live by as a human and I have three of them I have three personal hope life rules number one always look at the sky once a day because if you don't have time to look at the sky once a day then your life is too busy and you need to slow down number two try to make two people smile somebody you know and somebody you don't know every day and my third one, which is the one that makes that makes it into this episode that really struck with me, my third life rule is you never need a reason to help people. You just do it. And the fact of that is something that Trace lives by because her mother and then Ahsoka said it as well that she was raised that way. It just it really hit me really hard this time around. I don't know why it never resonated with me before until this time I've watched it, but I, I, it just struck me, and I was like, that's one of my personal life rules, is help people. You just have to. There's no reason to question it. You just do it. Um, and I, I liked that. It, it just kind of hit me extra hard into it. Um, I also noted that this is the, sh- I think this is the, s- I think the, on the wings of Kiredak it was a minute shorter. So I think this is the second shortest episode of the season. But uh, or the exact same amount of minutes as Kira Dax, but there's a lot crammed into this episode. Like I feel well, like a lot more. Well, it's funny because
1: it looked like it was go- it, the the it looked like it's the it was 24 minutes long, which made it I was like, oh, it's got a, it's a little longer, but it really it ended at the 20 minute mark, and then there were four minutes of international credits. You yeah. Know. so it's like so it's like oh it's actually shorter but it did not feel shorter it was it wasn't like it was boring but it felt like it was packed full yeah
0: it feels longer than karadax which is about the same length um but and it feels like more happened than on the wings of karadax too um i talked about the format okay my five part note about mandalorians hi everyone I'm about to be a huge hypocrite for the next two episodes. You ready? <laughs> Here we go. On one hand, I do like seeing the Mandalorians. And going into next week's episode, I like seeing Maul. And I like seeing their involvement. Um, I don't rem- we, we talked about this way earlier um, in the show when we were still covering Rebels. I think it was when Clone Wars was saved and we started speculating. But I had said one of the things that I really wanted to see in Season 7 was Rebels characters being pulled into Season 7 of Clone Wars because it's such a rare opportunity to where they finished one show, did another show, and then they were going back to the first show. So they have this opportunity to take Rebels characters and put them into Clone Wars, which is so cool. It's such a cool thing. So, like, I love seeing Ursa Ren here because that's just, to to know in my brain that somewhere on the galaxy that Sabine's a baby right now. And it's such a just a cool little thing in my brain, knowing that Ezra is going to be born in a few weeks, uh, two days before Luke and Leia. But Sabine's already a baby. And Ursa, I I, I think I think Sabine's only like a year older than Tristan. So Ursa might even be pregnant with Tristan right now or about to be. So it's just like a cool thing to like really connect those canons. And this was something I really, really wanted to see in Clone Wars this season. But
1: that's that's something you did like that. That's something that all that work was done with your own head, though, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: I know, I know. But, like, it's... So this was something that I did want to see. And I like seeing Bo-Katan back, and I like how it's setting up for the final arc of Clone Wars. Here's the problem, and this is where I'm going to be a hypocrite for the next few episodes, because while I like this, and it's so cool, and it's not as bad this week, it's really a problem next week, which is where I have an issue with this. The Siege of Mandalore stuff coming into this arc takes away from Trace and Rafa's story,
1: especially
0: next week. And I will definitely come back to this point next week because n- next week's... And, and, and here's my other gripe. I really wish at the end of this episode, and it was the cliffhanger of this episode, Ahsoka was revealed as a Jedi at the end of this episode for multiple reasons. For one, um, to have that cliffhanger of oh my god, like, Trace and Rafa realizes that this person is part of the organization that killed their parents. There's multiple layers to this. The first one is, let's address the Siege of Mandalore stuff, next week's episode with Trace and Rafa and their finale is really rushed, and I'll talk about that more then, and it's because we have to have scenes with Maul, and we have scenes with Bo-Katan, and the Siege of Mandalore takes away from the ending of Trace and Rafa's story, which is why I wish it was revealed that Ahsoka was an ex-Jedi at the end of this episode. Because then, what little story they have next week, they would have that entire time to process their actions and their choices about Ahsoka. So they right. like, they have that entire space to do that. Unlike next week, where they find out, like, ten minutes in the episode, they have a single conversation about it, and then they're totally on the Ahsoka train. And then um, the and,
1: next, right.
0: Yeah, and it's so rushed. And, that and then is the next good-
1: storyline's budging in.
0: Yeah, and it's, so it's a double whammy of Ahsoka should have been revealed at the end of this episode, so it gives more time. Because I, I think about that so much of Ahsoka and Rava have a really good conversation, and that could have been also the other defining moment of they don't have to accept the Jedi, but they accept Ahsoka as a person, and they're doing it because is their friend and their ally, which is a very powerful story for next week, but it's so rushed. It happens in a single conversation. And it would have been much better to open next week's episode with them still in the jail cell and them being like, you're a Jedi, how are you doing this? And then Ahsoka making the choice of, I'm the Jedi in the room, and they know I'm the Jedi in the room, so I'm going to sacrifice myself to do this thing to save them because that's what the Jedi do. And then Ahsoka, then Trace and Rafa can be like, is this what a real Jedi is actually like? Not that bitch Luminara who said our parents deserve to die because of the Force. This is what oh. a real Jedi is like. So it just would have, like, and then it just would have like, uh, really...
1: I, I think Ahsoka has got this going for her, too. She quit. <laughs> yeah. She could be like, I was a Jedi and you know what? They were full of bullshit and I, and I quit for a, a lot of the same reasons that you guys are talking about. You don't like them. So, yeah. you know. So they, this is those are my two
0: big gripes of this arc is Ahsoka should have been revealed out of Jedi at the end of this episode because then it would have given Trace and Rafa time next week to really mull, like, mull over that and think about those ramifications and actually think about their choices. And then when you do have all the Siege of Mandalore stuff taking away from Trace and Rafa's story, they mm-hmm. would at least have more time to mull on that. Right. And. While I do think it's cool to see Maul, while I do think it's cool to see Ursa Rin, while I do think it's cool to see Bo-Katan, and having them set it up for that, I, it just takes away away from the story that's being told right now. And so I, I'm a total hypocrite, and I totally admit that. I like it, but it also story-wise, it hurts this arc so much.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, it does, it, like...
0: And I think it it's because thinking about next week's tune, and I'll probably bring this up again next week, is this arc feels so Rebels. It feels so Resistance. But next week it has a very Clone Wars ending, where everything gets resolved in the last 90 seconds. And that's such a Clone Wars ending, which is disappointing, because they are better writers than that. They're, cause, and they've proven that there are better writers than that in both Rebels and Resistance. And they give this such a Clone Wars ending of like, well, we found out you were a Jedi, and I guess we're all cool now. Bye, Saga. So a Bye, we're all fine with this now in 90 seconds which is such a Clone Wars thing to do, which I guess it fits because this is a Clone Wars show, but the previous three episodes, yep. you've set up a very Rebels and Resistance episode. Yep. So that's my gripe of this arc, but it starts here, and I will t- definitely probably talk about it more next week because next week it really bothers me.
1: Yeah, it, w- it, w- it sort of bothered me, but it was over so quickly that it didn't really intrude upon anything too much, but it d- did feel tacked on.
0: Yeah. It- Next week, it's it bothers me it's so much. It's very
1: obvious next week, yeah.
0: Yeah, next week it bothers me so much that it's my least ep- favorite episode. Of, it's my least favorite episode of the season. Like, it damages it that
1: much. It's, it's not quite Poochie being like, I'm actually an alien from another world, and I've been called back to my home world. Bye, boys and girls. Bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> but it's it's getting there. Yeah. Anyway, it- that's next week.
0: But I do like seeing Ursa ran, and that's the fun thing. Like, it's it's such a weird thing because I do think it's cool. Yeah, I like, but I mean, like we're the, just
1: seeing her, really. I know. You know, it's just like she's just there. She's not serving as a integral part of this story. She's oh, I up know. For an but I was still
0: texting part. like like still texting like Jana and like like sending messages yeah. to friends. I'm like, look, it's Ursa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ursa's here. So. And I like imagining that Sabine's somewhere like chewing on a blaster while spray painting her dad as a toddler is somewhere off in the distance. I do think it's cool though, because doing the fan side of us doing math in our head, Ursa's the one that's, and this has always been true, Ursa's the one that's going to battle. So Sabine's dad is probably the one taking care of her right now yeah. while her mom's yeah. off in battle, which has always been the cool thing about Ursa and, and Sabine's family. So. That's all I have for this episode. Did you have anything else?
1: Not really.
0: All right. Well, score it up for us, Chris.
1: I actually I gave this one a nine out of ten. I think they they were nice. back on on track with the character work, and it was just an all around fun episode. story action and action and character and visual wise, lots of great. Nothing like not spectacular sweeping vista visuals. But stuff like the horror droid and the oh. the pikes themselves are really cool looking you know with their tiny little face squashed in their big head and you know it, it was yeah it was just a generally back back on track you know for 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 writing it didn't feel like as forced as the last one to me i i really enjoyed it
0: yeah Um, I really enjoyed this episode, too. Um, I I enjoyed it a lot more this time around than I did the first time I saw it, actually. Um, And I think it was knowing my gripes going into it made me able to enjoy it more, because I remember feeling like... I, I remember writing my review for this episode and writing, actually, like, I'm scared that there's not enough time to resolve this story next week. And I remember writing that in my review. So I think going into it knowing that... I was able to enjoy the intricacies a lot more and I like the the moral story. I like the implications of like what Luminara did and how the Jedi are set up. Um, I, I love the emotional beats though. My, my gripes are still strong. Um, I, I think it's a flaw of the season that the Siege of Mandalore is this early in the Martes is dark. I, I do. I think it's a, sh- a horrible flaw of the season um so i that doctored a point for me so i give it an eight out of ten well as always we would love to hear your feedback on itunes twitter or on the two true freaks facebook page we're still catching up on feedback guys i know because we took like four weeks off of feedback (laughs) um so this week they come from the two true freaks facebook page for our episode a fool's hope and family reunion and for well the last of the rebels episodes Um, Note for you, Chris, this first one is a long conversation. The lines separate the conversations.
1: Yes, okay. Okay. Okay, it starts with Diego Lemos says, I love this episode. About Thrawn, I asked because it was through a post on Tumblr on a recap of Rebels that I found Hope Mullinex and to this podcast. Yay! Tumblr!
0: I know, right? I I just actually pulled up my Tumblr for the first time in like two months yesterday.
1: (laughs) And, and uh,
0: this was she, in a context, um, Diego Lemos had asked uh, my thoughts on Legends Thrawn. So, this was the episode where I answered that. So, that's what this is about.
1: And she spoke a lot about him. Uh huh, she sure did. So, I assumed she was familiar with the character, and fans of old Thrawn don't tend to like new Thrawn. On a side note, if Hope doesn't read the third Legends book, The Last Command, she won't meet Luke Skywalker to use the clone of Luke and she won't learn that all clones can't pronounce the letter U. Uh, that super important plot point of legends.
0: I bet (laughs) it is.
1: (laughs) And let's not forget Chewbacca's speech impediment. So I've, I think I've heard about that. Sorry for the sarcasm, but those books are just so dot, dot, dot wild. Yeah. I think he's being nice with the word wild.
0: I lost it there. I, that, that, I, I, I think I've talked about this before, and I don't mean this, like, in a horrible way because I write fan fiction, but when I read Legends, it reads, like, so much fan fiction to me. Oh, yeah. and I yeah, read yeah. about Chewbacca having a speech impediment, which is why he growls, but Leia can have full conversations with the other Wookiees, like, and they're speaking, like, perfect English. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: It's, it is wild. Like, I still, to this day, like, my my. I remember just reading the scene where Luke wakes up. I don't know know if
1: wild is the word I would pick, but yeah, I guess that is wild. Like
0: one of the (laughs) opening scenes of Heir to the Empire, like Luke can't sleep. So he's like, I'm going to go make me a drink that Lando talked about. It's a special drink and it's called chocolate milk. And I was like, oh, Oh, God, Jesus.
1: (laughs) I still laugh at
0: that. But you were saying I'm sorry.
1: Why does it have to be Lando that makes chocolate milk, too?
0: I don't know. Because it, it makes me laugh. It's, if it's Lando, it sounds like it's going to be like this very alcoholic, like fancy beverage. But no, it's chocolate fucking milk. Well, yeah.
1: But why didn't they just come up with the space version of chocolate milk? You know, uh, anyway, anyway. I don't uh, know. <laughs> and, then, and then Heather Taylor says, yes, I always pictured that Imperial as Han. Han's? It says Hans here, but I'm thinking, Han, what are we talking about here?
0: I'm not sure. Sorry, Heather, I'm not sure, but I didn't want to forget your comment. Anyway, I did my
1: voice. Uh, Well, Hope says to Diego, Diego, eventually I will read the third Legends Thrawn book, but I'm confused about Clone Luke. Is that really a thing? And Patrick Delmore says, that's why he wasn't in the world between worlds. Luke was a clone! <laughs> Diego Nemo says, yes, Luke, with two U's, is a thing. E- mm-hmm. And then Paul C. Kelly comes in and says, ha ha, I remember clone Luke. When I saw the trailer for Rise of Skywalker, I thought J.J. Abrams was going to rehash that with the evil clone Ray, But that ended up being a force vision, as we all know. Oh, yeah. Probably a good thing that did not happen, but with the trailer, the Star Destroyers on Exegol looked like the Katana fleet.
0: That was a very prominent theory before Tross. Like, Like, I was actually in that camp.
1: (laughs) And uh, Katana seems like a very fan fiction nerd word to be in Star Wars, too. I was almost in fear that Juris Kaboath was going to show up oh yeah i don't know who that is
0: that's fine i know who it is
1: and then hope says i have some concerns about the eu
0: i do <laughs> why do you got to do like all the voices in that
1: <laughs> all right so is this these lines is this a different subject here yep, oh, different yeah
0: different conversation
1: okay policy kelly says i think if the wolves tried to eat price they wouldn't be able to bear the taste if oh, one no. managed to swallow her, I think they would have gotten sick. This price is not right. Oh, oh no. No. That joke was not right, man. But, okay, let it. we'll let it go. Hope Malonek says, Bravo on the excellent use of wordplay. LOL. I
0: thought the joke was excellent, Paul.
1: <laughs> well, I put sarcasm into your answer, so there you go. And now we have another one with... Uh, uh dario wishing hope a happy birthday best Oh uh, no
0: birthday.
1: this was the episode we wish dario a happy birthday oh 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 okay so oh okay so dario says best birthday wishes ever someday we will meet hope i'd better to li- live up to your expectations i wonder what those are <laughs> hope <laughs> says i already know you will i can't wait to meet you i will get a two true freaks cookout one day yes one
0: i day. will
1: and uh, finally uh, for family reunion and farewell the end heather taylor says oh oh i like this one already Mm -hmm. i like the first five words of this one chris i like your idea for how the epilogue should have been done i too felt the voiceover was kind of weird and not a thing we have in star wars really i agree of course (laughs) <laughs> also, I could see your Ezra and Thrawn go to Earth and meet George Lucas being a Lego adventure. Yeah, that would be a le- good Lego adventure. No hope Jason can't be Spectre 8. That's my spot, LOL.
0: Heather's uh, uh, Twitter handle says Spectre 8, so that's, that's what that
1: uh-huh. is. So. I very much enjoyed going through the Rebels with y'all. Guess I better start catching up on Resistance so I'm ready when y'all start it. Super pumped for Clone Wars. Oh, yeah.
0: Chris, oh, yeah. you haven't even finished Resistance yet, have you?
1: No, I haven't. I, I figured, you know what? I figured since we're getting so close, I might not. I might I might have those last two episodes be, be first for me.
0: Interesting. Sort of okay. Clone Wars
1: style. A little flashback to when I had a few Clone Wars that I hadn't seen.
0: So what do you want to eat? I see a banana Kit Kat.
1: A banana Kit Kat?
0: They're yellow. They're in the little Ziploc baggies for me.
1: Yes, yes, we do. Yes, I see him.
0: Ha <laughs> <laughs> Well, if they you don't know what ba- we're doing, Chris is weird they have and hates. banana on A big, banana, on on them.
1: A big yep, banana with uh, a bow tie on it.
0: Mine has a hair bow. Banana. A <laughs>
1: <Or> hair bow. Hair <laughs> <laughs>
0: bow. Um, but Chris hates American Kit Kats because these Although, are weird guys. Uh, so Dario, who we had, don't have, don't have a neck first, or hair. <laughs> But Dario sends us candy from all over the world to Review, and these are banana Kit Kats from Japan. And I'm very excited about this, because banana is one of my favorite fruits. I it's love banana. Color. I, I especially love banana flavoring, because it doesn't taste anything like bananas, but I love banana flavoring, so I'm very excited to try these.
1: This is pure banana flavoring.
0: They smell, it smells like caramel, though. That's
1: interesting. Yes, they look like caramel, too. They're, like, flesh-colored. Okay. But it's banana. Oh my
0: god, so good! Oh it yes,
1: it's that fake. It's that fake banana. They used mm. to make Nestle Quick Banana Milk that tasted like this—the mm-hmm. powder for your milk that was banana flavored. Mm. Mm.
0: Oh my god, I love banana flavoring stuff. Oh my god, it's so That's good. That's what
1: Luke should have made to go to sleep.
0: Mm-hmm. That special drink that Lando taught me how to make—banana milk there's little bow
1: ties on the on the uh, Kit Kat too. Oh there
0: are. (laughs) Yeah and I think Kit Kat's in Japanese because there's uh, writing on here. These
1: actually taste surprisingly like a banana cream pie. Yeah
0: oh it does. I think it's the
1: wafer makes it adds like the pie crust flavor to it.
0: Mhm, and the, the the um chocolate gives it almost that creamy taste to it too.
1: Mhm, mhm. Mm-hmm. These are very good. I'm glad these Dario sent me, Dario, sent, Dario sent me a couple of these, so I have another one.
0: I technically have another one too, but I usually share it with people in the house, so I probably won't get a chance to eat my other one, sadly, mm-hmm. unless I hoarded them to myself. <laughs> all right, well, did you have anything else to talk about?
1: Nothing at all
0: alright Chris so where can people find you
1: you can find me at 2truefreaks.com that is our podcast and you can find all our podcasts there including this one and you can also uh, sign up for our SS feed there or at iTunes we are also on Facebook with the 2 True Freaks podcast page where we also post all our podcasts in the Two True Freaks Cantina, where we all hang out and talk, and we are on Twitter also, and as Two True Freaks, and Twitter is run by Gene, Gene the 14 foot pirate machine.
0: Yar 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 Gene, I don't know what
1: that That's, means. Gene just played a 14 foot zombie pirate in a uh, uh, a podcast. Um, play that, you know, um, drama that we just recorded from an old uh, public domain comic book story.
0: I thought you were doing like a weird allusion to the 20 foot skeleton that Home Depot sells for Halloween.
1: No, he got to be a 14 foot zombie pirate saying shiver me timbers and where's my parrot and walk the plank. (laughs) He got to say all the pirate lines, including "Yar." (laughs)
0: which should be out by the time this episode comes out
1: right yeah probably yeah probably it's a long story with that one for another time when it gets closer but that's where they can find me where can they find you hope
0: you can find me at J Guys and Jedi on Twitter. I run our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Molinax on Twitter. I, of course, have my website called geekygirlexperience.com where I write articles about how Jawas helped me with body images. <laughs> it's a weird one, guys. I, I had taken the month of September off from writing just to take a break because August was just so crazy for me so I took September off just to have a little recoup so my very first article I wrote was just kind of a weird one about how I love Jawas and how they make me feel good about myself Um, so you can read that at geekygirlexperience.com. and actually by the time this comes out The Mandalorian should be running and I do plan on doing weekly reviews of The Mandalorian so those should be running by the time this episode's out Um, and of course Chris and I have another podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons where we are starting gravity falls season two tomorrow <laughs> so i'm very excited about that too um and yeah we're having a good time doing gravity falls over there and a lot of our listeners here are listening to that um, I, I think one of them hasn't even seen gravity falls and is listening too so that's a lot of fun so thank you guys for doing that we're we're having a really good time over there and yeah and honestly if you like this show Leave us a review on iTunes, it really does help. And we will read it on the show and we like iTunes reviews as well. Alright, Chris, well next week we have our last platitude. We wrap up the Martester arc and then we're a week away from starting the Siege of Mandalore.
1: Yeah, then we get to the uh, yeah. Yeah Those are gonna be some those are gonna be some notes on those episodes.
0: Pop, pop. <laughs> um, but yeah we get to start Siege of Mandalore, but Next week we're gonna be talking about Together Again, which I still don't quite I'm not sure what the title refers to. Is it that Ahsoka's together again with Bo Katan or back with her Jedi or I don't know. We'll see you next week.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it know. out next week.
0: For the last Yoda platitude of all time. Uh. 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 Wow, that was like opposite Day. You're burping and I'm I the one going,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Bye, guys.
1: Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email 2 True Freaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com. 2 True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search 2 True Freaks" with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number 2 Where have you been, Lord? Run, my son. Oh, make my bed soon, for I'm weary from hunting.